Hey everybody, Dave Lindbergh with another episode of the THD podcast. Today, we've got a very exciting technology coming from Tel Aviv, Israel called Adionics, who have done some innovation related to battery cell technology. So we wanted to bring it to you so everybody could hear about how they plan to increase battery life and decrease charge time on battery cells. So as always, we have our guest host from Japan, Simon Weston calling in. How are you today, Simon? Doing very well, Dave, and looking forward to hearing about the technology, Gilad. All right. So Gilad Fisher, the director of BizDev and uh, Marketing, calling in from Israel. Hey, very nice to see you again, Gilad. How are you? I'm really good. Hi, everyone, and uh, thanks for having me here. That's great. So, yeah, I met uh, Moshiel, the, the CEO, about a year ago at a tech conference in China, and uh, it's kind of stuck with me of all the different technologies I saw that week. Yours seemed very exciting. Um, Simon and I both have kind of a big interest in consumer products, but can you maybe tell us a bit about where Adionics comes from and some of the markets they can serve with their technology? Sure. Um, can I just start uh, the presentation? Will it be the most convenient? Yeah, let's do that. Perfect. So let me just share my screen, please. All right. So hi everyone. Thanks for being here. Uh, my name is Gilad and I'm going to be talking with you today about uh, batteries and battery technology. So of course the world is on the verge of electrification. We see it everywhere. We have more and more battery powered products everyone trying to uh, reduce carbon emission and create a better future for all of us. And that one really, really depends on the battery technology that will be developed in the next few years. So the challenge today is that batteries are not advanced enough if you compare it to other industries. And that's caused some limitation in performances such as Dave uh, mentioned charging time, capacity, insufficient lifetime, also the price is a factor. So if you compare it to other industries, such as chips or smartphones or cars or even consumer electronics or drones. So if you look at batteries from the early 90s when uh, lithium ion was invented, batteries still look the same, right? Same, same structure. From the inside, it's a bit different, but the structure is almost the same. And if you talk about smartphones and you compare it to the uh, phones that we have in the early 90s, it's a totally different game. But batteries only improve around 3 to 4% each year. And that is a problem. But we can't really blame the science about it because um, most of the companies try to improve the chemistry inside the battery. And we think that the key for the next step change is the structure that haven't been changed in the last 30 years. So while most companies try to improve batteries, focus on the chemistry, we focus on the physics. So we create the next generation batteries by smart 3D metal structure, which are smart 3D electrodes. Let me please present a video that will explain and elaborate more about the technology. Okay.
Okay. Yeah, so I hope that helps to explain about the technology a bit. Um, it's important to say that our core IP is not about the invention of the three-dimensional uh, electrode. Our core IP is about the manufacturing process because it's been known for years and there's many papers about how three-dimensional uh, electrodes can improve battery performance. But no one yet has developed a cost-effective, scalable, and of course, patented um, manufacturing process to produce those uh, metals. In fact, we developed the world's first lithium-ion battery power cell with smart 3D electrodes. And right now, we're focusing on optimization uh, and integration into consumer electronic products. And of course, our next step is the integration and the packing. Um, as you can see here, this is a real X-ray that we took on our first first prototype, which was a coin cell. Um, and this is how it looks from the inside. Basically, we replace the traditional two-dimensional layered uh, structure of electrodes with a porous one. This allows us to get higher surface area, and that's how we can basically accommodate more energy. Um, as was explained in the video, this porous structure allows us to load more of the active material, which is really unique, and also to reduce the internal resistance inside the battery, as I will show you uh, in a few slides. At the moment, we're developing the fifth generation of high energy cells, and we're working on other prototypes, such as lithium polymer that we're gonna be talking soon. Um, we are not using only hardware to develop this solution. We're using only also software. We're using uh, uh, AI structure optimization algorithm to determine the best structure according to the application. So this is something really, really unique. And this is something, at least as, as we know, we are the only one who does that. So um, we're combining the two to do all the production in-house, all the manufacturing are done in our laboratory and uh, the planning of the structure is also done by our software. Um, and we manufacture the batteries itself uh, with partners that we have in some factories around the world, in Europe, Korea, etc. So this is a demonstration of the internal resistance we got in, in the prototype that I showed you. Uh, as you can see, we can reduce the internal resistance by 50%, which allows uh, to improve also the heat dissipation, the mechanical stability, and more. Um, we also get to very, very, very high uh, uh, cycle life. We can increase cycle life. This is for also from the first prototype. We managed to get to 2,000 cycles with only, of course, 20% degradation in capacity. Uh, this cell, by the way, is still uh, running uh, some tests. So in terms of the performance, we can reduce charging time by 50% thanks to the lower uh, internal resistance. We can increase the capacity even by double if you're talking about accessible capacity. Um, if you're talking about volumetric and gravimetric, it depends on the case, but we can increase it between 30% to 70%. Again, depends on the application. Our solution is also considered safer uh, due to up to 14 times more uh, mechanical stability, higher mechanical stability, and also thanks to a, a better heat dissipation in the cell level. We, actually, we can reduce the temperature inside the cell to between four to seven uh, degrees. And this is very, very important for some of uh, the industries. Uh, as I showed you, we can increase cycle life uh, by 100%, and we can also reduce the cost of ownership by allowing this higher energy density and longer lifetime. Our solution is also a cost-effective one. 
um, due to the fact that it's a drop-in solution. To use our technology, we don't need to build new factories. We can produce our three-dimensional uh, metals, electrodes, and just replace the ones we produce with existing ones uh, in the current assembly line. That means that it can save a lot of money and also it can be more sustainable uh, because we don't, again, we don't have to build new factories. Our solution is also, you probably understood it by now, but it's chemistry agnostic because most of the companies try to improve the chemistry, as I said. We've improved only the physics. So we can take any kind of existing uh, chemistry that will already been uh, optimized or emerging chemistry that will come up uh, in the next few years and will win this race. So no matter which chemistry will uh, uh, win this battery race, we don't have to bet on a certain earth. We bet on the whole race. Um, and we're already in development of some chemistries alongside our uh, physics solution. Our solution is also considered sustainable due to the fact that we can adopt any chemistry uh, and any kind of new regulation, uh, such as free cobalt batteries. And because our uh, battery product, uh, uh, um, sorry, the product that will use our battery will last for a longer time, so we support mm -hmm. the creation of less waste. Uh, right now, we're working, as I told you, on a few prototypes. One of them is lithium polymer. Uh, for consumer electronics, and we're already in uh, some kind of uh, collaboration with a few partners to develop uh, um, um, the best battery for their product. The core team of the, of the company are all battery scientists, battery experts. They all uh, were researchers in Imperial College London. Actually, they were studied long time ago. They studied the phenomena that caused batteries to explode, which are the metal dendrites. And that's how they originally think about changing the structure uh, of the electrodes, only by looking of this metal dendrite and the way that they grow. Mm -hmm. um, our advisory board, of course, experts in the industry. Um, for example, um, board member, former board member at Tesla and 25 years VPR and in Daimler. Um, and also uh, for Dr. Parvakar Fatil, used to be the CEO of LG Chem, which was the biggest uh, battery factory in the United States, at least until uh, Tesla started building their own. And from Shell, of course, Novelis, which is an aluminum company, so leading experts in all of the industries. Um, we got a lot of recognition from the industry, both the business one and also research team. They stated our technology is being uh, uh, one of the most promising. The EU um, even called it a game changer in the, in the energy storage market. Uh, and we also got a grant of 2.3 million euros from the EU, which was very fantastic. Um, so if some of you saw our Tesla battery day, Elon Musk talked about changing one parameter of the structure of the battery, and they found out that it, in, in, that it can improve significantly battery performances. So think what can happen if we change the whole structure of the battery, the whole architecture. And this is exactly um, what we're trying to do. In terms of vision, so our vision is to integrate our solution into any battery in the world and to support a more uh, sustainable and green future for everyone. And this is possible. Someone will do that. There is no reason that batteries won't use three-dimensional electrodes. And we intend to be uh, the one who does it the best and the one who will do it first. Thank you. All right.
So let's. Uh... So do you okay, mind if so... I ask you a few uh, few sort of questions, bits and pieces? I just picked up um, in the video uh, just for one slide. It mentioned uh, uh, some battery had uh, low energy and high power. Another one had high energy and low power. How do you, what's the differentiation between power and energy in a battery? Okay, so energy is basically the capacity. Yes. And power is talking about mostly about discharge rate. I see, I see, okay. Yeah, so when you accelerate with the car, for example, um, you use high discharge rate. And when you charge your battery fast, you use high charging rate. And so, so you, that's uh, the difference. Uh, does it mean that the conventional structures uh, have, have a trade-off between ch uh, discharge rate and capacity? For sure. Yeah. For sure. That's why today um, companies can use, they need to choose, to choose uh, um, thick electrode or thin electrode. And our structure allows to get optimal ratio between the both and actually uh, um, uh, delete this trade-off. So that's very meaningful. So, so as, I, as I understand it, the, the, the concept of dendrites into a cell as a structure to increase surface area has been around a long time. And just because just it was coming at us pretty quickly, I just wanted to, to recap that your core technology is being able to stabilize the manufacturing at a, and all, besides, like, stabilize the structure, I guess, in reasonable, scalable manufacturing. That's, that's kind of the core behind Adionics. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me clear clear the idea. So okay. it, it's a nice story as well. So um, a few years ago, the the founders were investigating those metal dendrites. They were the first team who was uh, looking at this phenomena with real time microscope, and they found out that there are two interesting things: the way that they grow and their structure. So they thought, okay, maybe we can use their structure for our benefit. And maybe we can also use the way that they grow to manufacture metals. So that's mm -hmm. where we, they were inspired. And that's how the company and the initial idea was invented. Actually, they presented this idea to the EU and got a 60,000 euro grant. But then they couldn't get the money because they didn't have a bank account. So they went to the <laughs> bank and they, the bank said, okay, guys, but you don't have a company. How can we open a bank account? So then they opened the company. And that's how the company was established. So uh, that's that's a really cool story. But the manufacturing process is was influenced by the way those metal dendrites uh, grow. And by the way, our structure also prevent them uh, to happen. So this is yeah. another advantage. Yeah, that's the key thing because we know that they can start growing in in some lesser forms of electrodes that are used in batteries around the world, and then that they grow and they create a short, which becomes mm -hmm. a very dangerous thing. Which also uh, exemplifies why your process is, is more safe than other methods. Exactly. And also safety is one, is maybe the most important parameter of every new battery. Yeah, I think anybody that's uh, been dealing in uh, products these days trying to ship batteries around the world, I mean, you guys must have some special techniques in your logistics office to ship samples because it's, uh, I know over here in Asia, it's very complicated to send battery samples. It's very complicated. Right now, uh, uh, we can send only the metal uh, uh, to work with our partners. But uh, yeah, we're working on some moderation uh, to send full battery, of course. It, it's, uh, yeah. 
you need to do a lot of tests and a lot of uh, certificates. Okay. So um, I, I just want to, I'll just jump in too. Um, uh, one slide you mentioned 200% more capacity for the same volume. Uh, so from a consumer electronics and audio product stuff, uh, all you really care about is volume and capacity. Is there other factors that are equally as important in other industries? Well, it depends on the industry. For example, uh, the med medical devices, they don't mostly care about energy density. They care about longevity and uh, safety. So it really depends on the application, on the industry. Uh, of course, if we, if we take into consideration the automotive industry, this is the, the most, I would say it's the only industry where someone, some potential client won't buy the product because of the battery, because of the range limitation, because they can choose to buy a, 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 a combustion engine one, combustion engine car. So there, the industry will have the most urgency to find new battery uh, uh, technologies because of the range limitation, which is the energy density. Um, but, but not all the applications are, are mostly worried about uh, energy density. Some of them about charging time, um, safety is always the, uh, the best parameter. And yeah, of course, energy density as well. A lot of industries are starting to use um, LFP more and more, which is considered really safe. And for example, residential energy storage is, is, is an industry that's going to explode in the next three to four years. Everyone was talking about electric vehicles uh, to reduce carbon emission, but the next industry they will attack is, is uh, residential energy storage uh, and consumption mm -hmm. and also industrial. And you can see, you would see everywhere uh, uh, houses with solar panels and, and their own uh, energy storage system. So the 200%, uh, sorry, just to finish off, the 200% figure is, is like an indicative number. Is that a function of battery size? So if you have very small batteries, uh, do you have less advantage compared to a traditional one or more advantage? So, of course, I'm asking from the point of view of uh, very small batteries that might go into, air, uh, you know, uh, true wireless earphones or a headphone type of a thing. Well, the size is more related to the fact that we can uh, load more of the active material even when the battery is small because the battery, uh, sorry, the active material impacts the energy density the most. So, so this is the most important factor. Actually, we have a very positive uh, impact uh, uh, about energy density also in, small, uh, in smaller batteries. Uh, most of the consumer electronics products use lithium polymer and we have pretty good results uh, while using this one. You know, a lot of products today are the earphones and, and very small uh, 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 energy storage solutions. So, of course, we're looking into that. Is that energy density uh, factor likely to increase over time or is that about the limit? No, no, for sure it will increase, but, but uh, the increase is not, is not uh, it, it, it doesn't being, you know, doubled than if any every three years. Yeah. So your technology uh, makes a step change where you, you go up by a double, uh, but thereafter it would be a, a lesser increment. Exactly, exactly. Um, the double increase in energy density is meant mostly to the EV industry um, because our accessible capacity is really, really high. Um, in terms of consumer electronics, we can promise between, as I said uh, on the presentation, 20, 30 uh, percent to 60, 70, depends on, on you know, a few factors. 
uh, mainly the battery chemistry, the size as well. Excellent. No, yeah. no, you, you kind of alluded a bit to the business model in terms of you're selling the electrode parts to the market. Is, is that to cooperate, like it looked with your board, especially you've got some key chemistry background guys for the battery chemistry. So is the strategy try to partner with those chemistry people and like let LG or, or Samsung make battery packs or, or companies like that? Yeah, so, so the business model is uh, divided into two parts. Um, for the next, around next year, I would say, maybe 18 months, we're going to be doing a lot of partnerships uh, um, with partners from a few industries, mostly from consumer electronics, um, to prove the integration and the performance of the technology. Uh, same time, we're already working with, um, I would say, material companies, um, that will be um, the other side will produce the special metal, the two-dimensional metal. They will produce the batteries, and that's how we're going to create a, a you know co-development product and um, basically a joint venture. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Just kind of license your technology or partner with these guys, give you uh, some protection. I think we've talked about this in the past. It's always a a challenging game. How do you deploy this exciting new technology into, you know, the, the world of consumer products and such? Uh, so that's quite. It is. It is. The business model is one of the um, most challenging parts because there are so many options. There's licensing. There's joint venture. We can build machines and sell the machines. There are a few options, but we think the one most beneficial one is to create a joint venture, and this is the path we are walking through at the moment. Yeah, well, in my personal opinion, being a part of the project rather than just licensing it, you're in a bit more control of your destiny uh, rather than hoping that a partner makes you a priority. You can you can make yourself a priority. So that's just that's just my two cents. But uh, all right, I do, I, re I really agree. And also, most of the times, in terms of income and revenues, uh, it's more beneficial, more responsibility, but more beneficial. Okay. Uh, do you have something in the market now? No, our product is not commercial yet. Um, I guess we're gonna have we're gonna be having products um, in two two and a half years. Depends depends on the partners, depends on the quantities. Um, two to creating... two and a half years is, is that is that uh, the kind of cycle time for building up a battery and certification and things like that, or is it, is it still in the R and D phase? No, no, it, it's included all the certification uh, we need. But it, again, it depends on a few factors. Uh, for example, if we change our mind and we go with the EV industry, so it's going to take five years because the integration is much longer. Yeah. But just, just to explain, um, dealing with hardware such as batteries is a long, long, long process. Um, very su successful battery companies, battery startups that exist for seven to 10 years and consider the most promising one. Some of them don't have even one battery, commercialized battery out there. So it's a very, very long process. You really deal with the in-deep physics and chemistry uh, and to optimize and to stabilize, it's a long, long process. And how long has the uh, development been going on so far? Is it, has it been five years, something like that? Uh, three years, actually, three years. Uh, we, we intend to be a bit faster because uh, right now we're using chemistries that's already been optimized and stabilized. 
and we'll only, only uh, implementing our physics, our architecture solution. So it's, been, it's going to be a bit uh, faster time to market comparing to the uh, companies I mentioned. Yeah, I think uh, the, the safety thing still comes back into this part of the conversation is it's, it's, uh, it's got to be pretty proven for consumer products. And I, I know with other projects, putting uh, stuff into cars usually takes seven years uh, to get it through all the certification. So um, I don't think you guys are too far off schedule, but uh, very, very exciting stuff. Um, a company definitely that people should watch as you move forward. So you're a privately held company, right? Yep. Okay. Um, we had uh, just a few months ago, we had our last investment. It was the seed investment. In total, we raised around $7 million. Um, a part of it, as I mentioned, in, in, while presenting the deck, was a 2.3 million euro grant from the EU, uh, non-dilutive, which is very you know, good for us. And they're probably going to invest in the next round as well. Um, and we're going to be start raising money um, in a guess between six to eight months from now. We're going to be planning our A round. Very good, very good. Well, I think, uh, do you have any more questions, Simon? No, I think that covers it. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, Jalad, anything Thank else you'd you like to add? Uh, no, if uh, someone wants to approach me, I'm sure we can find the details. I'll be happy answering any technical question, any business opportunity. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so we'll put, uh, we'll put uh, your contact information in the description of the video below. And so, yeah, thanks, Simon, for joining. And Jalad Fisher calling in all the way from Israel. Really appreciate it. Um, so everybody have a good day and click like and subscribe if you like what we're doing. Thanks, everybody.